0: Welcome to Unapologetic Women, a conversation with Tony and Sorsha about current affairs, culture, politics, life, and how we got here. I go. You never know with Sorsha. You never know what the intro's going to be. It could be you a bit look of song and so dance. Confused. It could be, you know, a tune from Just her people. T- a tune from my people? That's fantastic.
1: Yes, next week I'll start us off with a jig. Um,
0: Some Irish well. singing, tap dancing in the background. We do know you love that. <laughs>
1: I fucking love it. I can't wait. Um, well, last week yes. we closed out on a topic that has been a fundamental pillar, I would say, of our entire podcast that we have been doing now for 2 years. And that pillar, if you didn't listen, you should go and listen and um <laughs> but for those of you who are wondering what that pillar is, it is about the responsibility specifically of social media companies mm-hmm. as it pertains to the users that they have on their platform that are potentially breaking the law slash inciting okay. violence slash spreading misinformation um, that could be damaging to general public. So like there are so like, sorry, that was a horrible sentence. Anyway, there are a number of different ways that each of the social media platforms implement this. They are looking at number of views, they are looking at like the severity of the content. they're looking at the shareability, the virality of the content. Um, but most recently, as we talked about last week, it was Andrew Tate that they decided to take off the platform. and so, Tony, is it enough?
0: No. Well, ooh. I love that, actually. My knee, It's interesting that my knee-jerk reaction is, hell no, it's not enough. But I also disagree that that's where it should start. Um, and it was interesting mm. because I... Uh, he went on... Actually, there's was two things that happened. When Andrew Tate was kicked off all the platforms, he then went to Tucker Carlson. And I was like, oh, great. So he now went from social media to mainstream media. Super. Yeah. Favourite song and dance also for someone like Tucker Carlson is... My free speech, freedom of speech, which I fucking hate because and this is again, I think we spoke about this in actually probably both of the past, three of the past seasons, um, is the American definition of free speech versus the European definition of free speech. It's fundamentally different. Also, these platforms mm-hmm. are privately owned, so that this idea of free speech is actually doesn't actually tie into this because it's private companies they can do what the fuck they want if they want to kick you off the platform they kind of can Mm. which is by the way where you and i keep going back to is are we okay with these platforms having so much power because right now you and i are rallying against someone like andrew tate that we find very fucking vile i we also i think both fundamentally agree that he's very dangerous to society but some people disagree with us. But one day that could happen to us. What if people started rallying around us too and saying, well, they've they've got such a hateful, you know,
1: Retiric such a
0: of... hateful rhetoric yep. against white men, like how dare they and yadi. And so history has shown us time and time again, that when we censor people, we end up censoring and it ends up hurting the people that we're trying to protect. I.e. In this case, women um it always fucking backfires and i hate using the words always and never but it kind of has proven to us that it always fucking backfires so my mind to your fucking brilliant question is no it's not enough and also i don't like this as a starting point because a it's whack-a-mole um he's now not the problem his rhetoric is out there in the world living he's now become a martyr and he's singing that song and dance which yeah. by the way every dude whoever gets fucking banned sings the same song and dance about freedom of speech and how it's unfair and he becomes a martyr uh, which means that people rally around him even fucking more um and it fundamentally to your point I doesn't solve the problem we're exactly where we were a year ago two years ago three years ago four years ago mm. where for every Andrew Tate that we banned is hundreds of more
1: that pop up well And you bring up an interesting piece. So the privately owned part of what has, in essence, become a utility for millions and billions of people, not just in the United States, but globally. Where, like, where do we draw? Like, it doesn't align with the American dream of rugged individualism and capitalism and being able to, like, build your thing and be the millionaire and billionaire. It doesn't actually align with that as a construct. If there is a question on when does a social media company become a utility, therefore, that needs some type of governing body that is actually above any industry or any, sorry, company privately held that regulates in that industry. Because
0: to your point, when you say utility, it's like human needs for healthcare water we should all have access to proper water at this point we should all have access to good working wi-fi because i don't think i don't want to say all but i think most of us today need functioning wi-fi both to live i think that's true for most people and for a good part of us we work online so that's true for that kind of work as well um well and to me it's it is it's like
1: electricity it's like oil it's a utility it's a fundamental utility and i'm speaking specifically about access to internet and then within the internet You have this pocket, which is social media, and people have used it, we've seen it across the globe, as ways to communicate things that are happening in crisis. If we think back to Ukraine, where we were able to actually see and visualize for the first time in a way that we'd never seen it before, like it is changing the game for how we as human beings communicate and connect. And there's always going to be a bad side to that. But who is at, who is the judge or an executor? I hate using that term, but like, who is it?
0: And I think you need to take it even a step further that makes it even more complicated. And I believe we talked about this in season one, which was, and how do you do that at a global scale? Because the thing that's been interesting oh, yeah. in the last, I want to say, 24 months is the rise of TikTok, which is the first time that Americans experience what the rest of the world have experienced for the last decade, which is Americans are using by the millions, a platform that was not built for them or built by them. And by that, I mean, this was a platform built by Chinese people for Chinese people in mind. And obviously yes, TikTok is an Americanized version of the original TikTok that they had built in China for China. But it is the first time that Americans, by the millions, were using a tool that wasn't designed for them. So it was the first time that we had that rhetoric that we've had in Europe for as long as I can remember, which is, hold on a minute, where's this data going? Who owns this? Can I be kicked off the platform if I say something that the Chinese government doesn't like? But Europeans have been experiencing this with Facebook, with Instagram, with Twitter, because they were using, by the way, tools that were designed by Americans, for Americans, with Americans in mind, with American rules and regulations. So for the last decades, when Europeans were going, hold up a minute, where does this data live? Who has access to it? How are you banning people? How are you deplatforming people? Can we understand what's going on here? Most Americans brushed it off and laughed. Whereas in the last two years, Americans are experiencing what the rest of the fucking world has experienced for the last decade. And so my mind goes back to your question of, how, yes, to your point, these these tools or these platforms that have now become so entrenched in our everyday lives, how do you f- decide what goes on in these platforms? How do you decide what gets removed, what doesn't get removed? But also, how do you do that now at a global level? Because it's not just Americans using these tools. It's the absolute entirety of the world or a massive proportion of the world. Yeah. And how do you fucking agree on rules and regulations that Europeans are comfortable with? that the Indian government is comfortable with, that the Asian government is comfortable with. And Asian, I've just realized I've wrapped all of Asia together, which isn't great. Um, But like, how do you start thinking at it at that global level? Well, and this- And sorry for taking a very complex
1: topic and making it even more complicated. Well, I think the thing here that I am trying to, like that I want to be in dialogue about is, is it helpful to ban Whoever it is, is it fundamentally actually the right thing to do? And if it is, what are the what's the fucking list to the god to the whole constructs that we talked about of the, the illusion of explanatory explan- depth, explanatory yeah. depth, right? What's the process that you go through? Why? How can I know that the process that you went through is thorough to actually mm-hmm. remove this person from the platform? Like, what is that? Visualize that so that we're not living in this world of like, well, I know know. exactly why Andrew got taken off it. Tucker Carlson, for example, I know why he got taken off, because they hate us. They don't like it, right? Because they want feminine men,
0: and they don't like the strong white (laughs) man of America, even though Andrew Tate is not fucking American. But yes, let's go down that rhetoric.
1: That's it. Right, because that then gets his crew rolled up, confirmation bias, continue.
0: we are full cycle. And to your point, these are businesses at the moment, not utilities, which means the algorithm, how the algorithm works and how it pushes content is proprietary information, which they're never gonna share. So for us as individuals to understand how someone gets banned, how they get their platforms back, why you were banned. And again, this is what I talk about when you listen to people on TikTok or on Instagram who've had their platforms banned. Most of the time, it's not the Andrew Tates of the world. Most of the time Mm. you will hear it's a young female black content creator who's like, I have no fucking idea why I'm bland or or being blocked or uh, deleted or banned. Um, You will hear it's the body positivity woman who's like, I don't understand it. Supermodels shake their ass on the app and they have no issues, but I'm apparently overweight. And so this is, you know, dangerous to society. So that's being removed. And they have no visibility and so this is what I mean by when you start banning people and you start censoring people it generally hurts the people that we're trying to fucking protect and it's really hard to have that discourse and it was interesting for me watching so many people and I imagine you had the same experience in the last couple of weeks, month, people celebrating Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, doing an inverted commas the right thing and finally banning Andrew Tate. And, my, and I'm just sat there going, I, and I want to have this dialogue with people of, I actually disagree and people get really fucking mad at me. But again, it's because it's hard because I don't know where to fucking start to have this conversation because I don't feel I'm equipped with all the facts and the knowledge about how these platforms make these conversation, which goes back to your initial point about the explanatory depth that's missing. Tony, the thing that, no, but, go. okay, before you go forward, Sasha, just one last thing to add to that. I do, I am grateful. As much as I say this, I feel like a hypocrite because I am fucking grateful that Donald Trump is not on Twitter anymore. I don't know why, but I f- the moment he was banned, remember that month yeah. you and I talked about it of just like weight off of our shoulder, fucking there's something that feels good that we don't have him spewing stuff. And every morning you don't wake up and start doom scrolling and go, what the fuck has he talked about now? And so I will say I'm in that weird tension of I'm not going to lie fucking appreciate that he's not on the platform anymore but the the brains in me goes I don't think this is the right thing because I'm worried of what we've created that goes back to your point I'm
1: I'm on I'm on what we've created because I'm a special breed of people who likes to fucking I don't know hurt myself in the morning (laughs) um and it's terrible it's a real live echo chamber that is
0: and so we've got no one standing up going, bullshit, no. Call- we have no one calling bullshit because it's yeah. in an echo chamber. There's no one.
1: So like, for example, I'm sure that there are other people out there like me that have joined this application because they want to look at it and see. I'm sure that there are, um, what are they called? <laughs> what are they called? Police, sure. We'll go with that word. Um, who have joined to monitor for any violence or anything like that. But I, I don't know. I actually have no idea because Truth, like Facebook, like Twitter, is a privately owned company. So there's no, there is, there's nothing for me to go and look on how do you get kicked off of of Truth? Is it because I post that I I am a fan of abortions? Is it like, would that get me kicked off of that platform? And so this is where there is like, there's no, like, I agree with you. I am, I'm delighted that he's not on the platform anymore. But in the same breath, I'm fucking terrified.
0: Because you know what, Sorsha? What's, what, what truth is showcasing to me is we're creating two separate worlds that cannot coexist. Two separate echo chambers where the people like you and I that think, sorry, this is bad rhetoric, this sh- This is fucking toxic, this is misinformation Think this is not okay. And you've got people who fundamentally, which we go back to our point, who decides what is misinformation? And it's because there's a lack of trust today that we don't even, and we've got this, we're still gonna go back to it, this illusion of explanatory depth that we believe we know more than we, we actually do. We believe we don't need institutions. We believe we don't need regulations to tell us how to live our life. More, and I feel like that more and more. I I don't it's cuz cr- I honestly think I would
1: rather live in a world where we are all using the same tools and channels so that there can be and maybe I don't know maybe there's like an internal optimist inside of me right now but like we can get back to a place I'm not even going to say back to we can get to a place where there existence. is mutual respect just straight like you're another human being with an opinion that I disagree with. Cool. But you're also another human being. And there are some core fundamental things that I'm sure we agree on. But that would require that you you take down the fucking barriers for four seconds and listen to them. Actually fucking listen. It doesn't cost anything to actually listen to someone. And we don't do it anymore. We just don't. I've witnessed it, like, with travel, especially this year coming back, where you'd be in a conversation if you're in a bar or you're wherever, you're at a wedding. And we've talked about this, I don't know if on the podcast, but in life, where you can get through a conversation and be 30 minutes in and someone hasn't asked you a question. It's
0: a single question. Not one
1: single fucking question. I had a conversation today about someone who is a big fan of guns talking about the different types of guns that they were going to buy when their uh, child was born for self-protection. That was his live reality. Yeah. I as someone who is not a fan of the Second Amendment, but I'm not going to then persecute him for that. I actually continued to ask him questions about why that was. We don't live in that world where someone like me on paper can stand in a room with someone who owns firearms. We in mm. in the real world that is like that is not on paper that doesn't exist anymore.
0: And it's gotten to a point, social, so which I thought was really interesting, someone, and it's going to be a weird parallel, but they're with me, someone, I saw someone post a video on TikTok that said, oh, I'm actually pissed that um, Andrew Tate is now banned, or his account got deleted on TikTok, because it was very useful, I had a list of the millions of men I need to go and block. And rightly so, like everyone who followed. But I was like, yeah. oh, but I would might be one of those people who actually actively followed Andrew Tate because I need to get an understanding, just like you do, of just like getting... Mm-hmm. And we live in a world today where we are judged by the books we read, the books that we have on our shelves, the people we follow... But some of us are actually proactively doing the work to understand what is the hateful stuff that is put out in the world so we understand how to combat it. Because to your point, we can't just ignore that it's not there. We follow Trump because we can't ignore that it's there. And then so it goes back to like, how do we get to a place where we're trying to understand each other, we're trying to educate each other without giving you, because again, I think most traditional media have now accepted the role that they have played in the previous election,
1: Definitely. of just like
0: laughing it off and turning him into a joke and then giving him more airtime. so there's a responsibility there but on the other hand i'm also just like can we get to a place as a society where we actually start to agree what's fundamentally wrong where are we actually fucking drawing the line which goes back to our point that we always talk about which is if we're allowing a certain individual to run for office then they're legal then they should be able to have the same due process as everyone else goes back to Andrew Tate yep. unless he's done something wrong which by by the looks of it he's done many things that are severely fucking wrong that are tied to like beating up fucking women he has a serious amount of pretty bad charges but then I go back to like but why isn't he then behind fucking bars bars and so it goes back to our point we've lost trust in the institutions that are supposed to protect us, and so I think the only tools at our disposal are fucking get them off the platform, get them out of my kids' ears. Like I don't. Cut their voice. And so it goes back to, to your initial question of. Do we agree this is the right thing? I was like, absolutely not. But maybe in the meantime, whilst we're trying to rebuild trust with our institutions or we're trying to get our institutions back to a place where they're supposed to do the thing that is supposed to protect our society, whether that's the police force, whether that's the CDC, whatever that is, then maybe this is playing whack-a-mole is the only option that we have, which fucking scares me. But maybe this is the middle ground in which we live. And
1: I don't know. I I know what you're saying. I just... I don't think it can be the middle ground when you can go around and literally create the exact same experience and application for people that agree with you. Like that is where to me it's like it can't be. I bet you that Andrew Tate has a truth account. For sure. I like it's to me that it doesn't work. When you can go and create a very similar social media experience where it is only one side of the
0: aisle. And it's also fucking insane. And this is a thing that I don't know if I'm being naive, but it, it's wild to me that this is a political thing. You just said like one side of the oh, aisle. Yeah. It's just like aisle. it's wild to me that abortion is a political issue. Like it's f- health. Oh fuck, Tony. When you asked,
1: like, what are the core fundamentals that we can agree on as a society? That the only thing that came into my head there was we can't even agree that women are allowed to make a fucking decision about their own body without it being political.
0: And that's so. How? Of course, we're never going to a- agree on someone like Andrew Tate, as because he's he's a drop in the ocean compared to the other shit that we need to solve as a society. D- yeah.
1: So the fundamental pieces that are broken and we've never actually gone down this route of religion's role Mm. in that. And as someone who identifies as a Catholic and grew up in Irish Catholic world, there's a fucking serious role that Christianity, not just Catholicism, the broader Christianity plays in in America, United States right now. Which is wild because we technically are supposed to have a separation of church and state. If we think back to Jesus Christ, it is like triggered in my brain when Trump walked out. Remember, with his Bible to get a photo op, separation of church and state. But no, we should do a Bible up and injure people. A uh, Bible up, a photo op, and and injure the people who are outside protesting.
0: Yeah. Okay. Push my side and that's what I that good like, but that goes back to lack of trust in the institutions that it's broken we had that in place that separation of church and state, which I would argue is still pretty much a well and kicking in most of Europe, not everywhere, but like, you know, some countries, it's still definitely a thing, which by the way, is sometimes really fucking surprising to... God, I had this... I was wondering, I was trying to wrap my brain up, I've had this conversation with someone not that long ago, um, Romain Grosjean, who is a very, very, hence by the name, very French um, ex-Formula 1 driver, just went to IndyCar formula one being a very european sport he's now ended up at indycar which is obviously very american it's i'm not going to bore people with the details but it's a different type of series it looks very similar it's actually pretty different but one of the biggest differences is it it's an american series and that they travel around america and they don't race anywhere else out of america he is now experiencing being on the front of the grid where someone is you know they're singing the national anthem then there's a prayer and there's a priest that's doing a gathering of make sure lord help us and make sure that all of our drivers are safe and he he must be sat there going, "What the actual fuckery is happening?" Because to your point, he's very French.
1: Yeah, yeah and that, yeah, you and, don't and fuck with in that.
0: France, separation of church and state is sacros- Like You do not fucking. T- and we're still very much in that space. He's not the only one. I think there's a, there's there's a couple of Europeans in that. But I was talking with someone. I can't remember who it was the other day. I'm just like, that must be a fucking wild experience for someone to be like, "I'm sorry, there's a priest right now on track that's giving us the benediction, like." oh okay this is weird and then there's okay the national anthem which isn't too, but it's all about you know god saving america and all of that and we've had this conversation as europeans going working sometimes in american companies where you're just like wait we're doing a prayer session this is this is interesting and weird which you'd never fucking get in europe um you'd actually have a lawsuit (laughs) um if you ever try to bring religion in the workplace not allowed not allowed so it's really interesting that you bring that up source and sorry that was a wild time You
1: triggered something in me. No, no, no. You triggered something in me in there of when institutions, when trust is broken with government and institutions, people look to something else. Religion has always been there. It has always been there. And I think in in the 90s through early 2000s, there was like a deeper trust in institutions and government. And I don't know when. I'm not... I'm not a historian. I can't pinpoint it. I'm not a social or economic, profe- like I. But to me, there was like a shift there in mid two thousand. Like I don't know, God, honestly, two thousand and eight. Why? Because a lot of this country is deeply racist, and we elected the first black president. And there was, and I've actually experienced this with people out in the field of disdain still from 2008 and that Barack Obama being in office was you know some type of desecration to the to the Oval Office
0: which is fucking wild that that was the desecration to the office not Trump exactly Tony
1: and it I think that to me was like that there was like this shifting point of like oh we can't see eye to eye anymore
0: yeah Because if that's your definition of evil and this is mine, then we're fucking doomed. Then we're broken.
1: And it's fucking terrifying. And again, here, hey, I'm talking here in personal experience. I'm not talking in fact. This is my personal experience with what I believe was a anchor of a turning point, not the only thing. But that started to bring us into this world of deep polarisation and just complete and utter distrust and has seen an increase in religion and people relying on religion versus to guide me. them to guide them but which is okay which is totally good if you're a religious person like do that let it go but do not let it guide your politics because they're separate
0: or do not let it be the only way and everyone else who doesn't subscribe to your belief, anyone who doesn't subscribe to your way of thinking is them, you know, which we go back to, you know, we don't even fucking agree, which is always shocking to me when you have conversations with people about abortion, which is, I will say, this is the one beacon of hope that I have with everything that's happening about women's health and abortions being so back on the agenda is we're learning more and more. And this is one of the reasons I wanted to move outside of Europe you start to learn how to have those dialogues go back to like the Andrew Tate piece of just like, nah, this is my personal belief. And you come back at it and go, yes, but do you understand that there are certain facts that we have to trust that come from someone else that we've learned that we know to be true? And it's not an opinion. It is factually correct. Like how, because I had, I, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, why are you so pro-abortion, I would have had a hard time wrapping, giving, I would have just said, because I believe it's right, I believe, I-. but now I, I've got all of the right words, and the right arguments, because it's coming up more and more, that I'm able to self-teach myself, I'm able to learn from others of, no, because I'm talking about my own fucking personal body, you can, and that is, honestly, it's only, in I would say, in the last decade, that I've gotten that, being able to wrap my head around that discourse of, you can have your beliefs, and I can have mine, but as long as you don't force your beliefs on me and I don't force yeah, my beliefs on you, then we can actually live in the same world. We can coexist. So to your point, if I want to have an abortion, it's not hurting you. It's not hurting your family. It has actually nothing to fucking do with you. But I don't think I would have had that language. So it is my only like sliver of hope that all of these conversations are bubbling up at the surface, more so than ever, ever before. And we tie back to the start of this conversation. In huge parts... And I'm going to use these words, thanks to the social media platforms, all of these conversations that I don't think we would have normally had because we would be living in our nice little bubbles where we're not being confronted with these things that we're deeply uncomfortable with. And Andrew Tate did that. He confronted us with toxic masculinity at its fucking best, which we knew existed, but I don't think we had the millions and millions of posts every day on every platform we went, and so it started shining a light. I think, especially for a lot of men, of just like, wait, this this kind of dude fucking exists. Yeah, but they live That's amongst it. themselves, and so there's something powerful there. Of when I think now, I'm having easier conversations with men about like what women go through sometimes, and I can tie it back to Andrew Tate. Yeah, they're everywhere. You just don't experience but them. But this.
1: The, oh, so fucking good, Tony. Like, two pieces on that. So there is the world we lived in before where these conversations were happening, but they weren't happening at a scale, right, where, like, anyone could interact. And so I think there's, so yeah, so there's this bucket of these conversations have been happening for decades, for centuries, but they've been happening without a platform where everyone can get involved. And so that has allowed for us to, like, have this conversation, But again, to come back to, if people aren't on the fucking platform and they go and they live in their little bubble of truth is the only example that can come to mind right now, we're going backwards. But scarier because you're going backwards with the virality that we now have as day to day life.
0: Oh, I love that. And as Benedict, the co-host that I have on the other podcast, always says is the Internet is beautiful because it's connected everyone, both the good and the bad. Both the good and the bad and the terrible, actually. Um, and in this case, the terrible, but the terrible amongst themselves. And we go back to the episode we had of last week, confirmation bias. We fucking love it. We, and we love it even more on social we media. So it. what we've created for them is a whole bubble of confirmation bias. Where can they all high five each other and
1: fuck, fuck Twitter. I'm going to come over here to truth because my people are on truth. That's bad. That is bad for everyone.
0: Because we're also doing it at a global scale, to your point. So we're not only going backwards, we're going backwards exponentially, if that's not a term. but It's bad for everyone. Oh, this was good. I love it because we've just spent 30 minutes talking about it. And I've gotten so much out of this. No answers um, of how we move forward. Um, but again, this, this is the beauty, I think, of this podcast and our conversations is we never try and actually look for a certain answer. But it's the dialogue. It's the dialogue. It's to make sure that
1: everyone who listens to this is able to kick off a conversation about one of the 75,000 threads we talked about today with your, with your own community. We made it. One more episode done. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening along with Tony and I. If you liked it, please do share it with your friends and family or give us a review on whatever you listen to for your podcast.